Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Football's right around the corner. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Listen, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not available in your state, Sportsbook still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. And get a free shot at a million dollar top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Hello, hello, welcome to Tales with TR, episode 67. 
I'm your host, Terry Ryan. Thanks for tuning in. September 3rd, and what looks for me to be a dry September. <laughs> I have um, <clears throat> I just finished the George Street Festival. Now, while I was working at TJ's, there were some great bands every night. The highlight for me was Blue Rodeo. But uh, the very last night, the Arkells were pretty good, too. And, you know, working in the bar, even nights I say, well, I'm not drinking. I still had a couple. You know, you're still it's it just wears you out. And, you know, it's nice to go and watch and have fun. But, you know, I don't, I don't work behind the bar like serving drinks. Um, I guess you could say promotions would be, you know, one of the probably the biggest thing I do there and, and get some groups to come in and things. But I go down every morning and I do the float and I go get supplies and uh, odds and ends around there. That's good because I can do that on my own time. It gives me. Gives me the freedom to do this whenever I want, although it's late this week again because of that. It was a lot, lot, lot of work, a lot of drinking. And uh, everybody had a great time. It was oodles of fun, but uh, I'm done now for a bit. And listen, I always forget to say this. And uh, now is as good a time as any. Some people ask me why I'm always drinking Bud Light or Bud Seltzers or whatever they are, Labatt products. And no, they don't sponsor the show, or I would say that. Um, but my basically, I got some good friends with Labatt, but one of them, Jeremy Hart. I grew up with Jeremy. I believe Jeremy's the territory manager, I believe, in, in Newfoundland here for Labatt. I know it's a job higher than lower. I just forget his, his exact title. I think that's it. But uh, in any case, I, I go back with Jeremy back to uh, in the summers. Those of you who have heard me talk about my dad and his childhood in Grand Falls. When the summers, we go out to Grand Falls. And until recently, there was always a huge festival called, called Salmon Fest. So I would go in for at least two weeks in the summer growing up. And Jeremy became a good friend of mine. And early on, after he graduated university, Jeremy also played hockey. Uh, Jeremy played in the Maritime League in PEI. So we, that's, that's how I know all those PEI guys right in Charlottetown and Summerside, because I had all kinds of friends play in that league and a lot of them played in PEI. So a lot of you wonder about the link to PEI. I think three weeks ago we had on, four weeks ago we had uh, Darcy Harrison. We had uh, David Ling just before that, probably have more. Um, well, that's the reason I'm actually going out to meet Billy, Billy McGuigan, who played pro hockey and is coaching over there now. I'm being, meeting him in a couple of days. He's here for a baseball tournament. Uh, so anyway, I do it because over the years, they've been unbelievable to me. And to the, we were down at the festival this week, even, and, you know, all the boys, they're type they're in, and they always got a, a, a bunch of beer in front of them, right? Always. I mean, it's all the reps go down, and especially at, at festivals like this. So you go in and, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm drinking them, and um, they paid for my meals. They paid for a lot of beers, and this isn't the first time it's happened. It happens almost every year um, uh, in, in one way or another. I'm not saying that I get every, every free beer from the guys, but I'm saying growing up and over the years, even when I was with the Habs, right, it was a Molson thing, but I'd be home here and the guys would take care of me. And, um, you know, we're, we're strictly a Labatt bar at, at TJ's. That's another reason. So 
I, um, I know a lot of you're affiliated with some kind of beer one way or the other, uh, but it's just my personal, okay? I'm, now I'm not being paid for this. I'm just saying my personal relationship with Labatt is, is a close one because of Jeremy. And there's guys like Steve Tobin, and there, there are people that work there that are friends of mine. But anyway, you wonder, and it's a hockey player named Jeremy Hart. Who's uh, Jeremy's a year older than me, so 45 years old. Great guy, 45 years young, I should say, and uh, has been great to me over the years. Thanks again, Labatt guys, for a uh, great festival. And uh, forgetting that uh, meal of cod tacos in my belly a few days ago. But what a festival it was. I'll actually. Uh, I'll elaborate a little bit with my next guest. Uh, it's Pete Vandermeer. He's been on before. I love him. I didn't have time, honestly, to do some research. <laughs> so I wanted somebody that I knew all about. Uh, so it would be, I don't want to say an easy interview, but fun. And um, I've just been so busy. That being said, I don't want to seem like I, I'm falling back here on Pete Vandermeer. We could have him on 10 times. Just a great fella, great story from one of the most historical, prominent hockey families, I think, in the... History of Canada, even. Um, yeah, it's wild. Uh, Pete, anyway, anyway, before I keep rambling, as I do, let's just get him out here. Pete Vandermeer, coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is a former Phoenix Coyote who amassed more than 3,000 penalty minutes in his long, interesting professional hockey journey. This ex-Red Deer Rebel battled hard, his entire career and was a true team player on and off the ice, which is why he was called up to the big show for the first time at the tender age of 31 years old. One of the most genuine, nicest, approachable, tough guys you'll ever come across. He's from the most one of the most legendary hockey families in the history of our great game. He is a Western warrior, a feisty forward, a real renegade, a boisterous Bruin, a fantastic phantom, a battle tested bear, a cool coyote. He can fight, it's true, but scores goals too. 21 goals was his best when he played in the West. The kid can play at 19 in the A. Ding dong goes the bell. He played roller hockey as well. We had a few beers back in Red Deer. He likes ham and eggs and once broke his leg. He enjoys a good brunch and packs a hell of a punch. To many opponents, this lad would strike up much fair. Ladies and gents, it's my buddy, Pete Vandermeer. Pete, how you doing? I'm doing great, TR. Thanks, man. That's awesome. Love your intros. It makes the guy feel a whole lot better than than it probably was. So that's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> no, I love it. Now, did I get that right? I did the math right before. I did the math literally two minutes ago, and I counted over 3,000, but it might be 4,000. Do you know how many penalty minutes you had in your career? Yeah, I think it's about 4,100, somewhere in there. Over 4,000. I didn't do, again, the research. It, that got to be one of the most ever, is it? Yeah, it's uh, like Bones has, has the most, I think, ever, and he's got about 4,500 or something like that. And yeah, I'm, I'm tickling near the, in the top five anyways. Wow. That is just, and, and not only that, not only that, the years in the, in, on the Rebels, like I said, out West, you don't get, you don't get 10 minute misconduct. So, um, I don't even know what to say, man. You got out of it alive. Uh, you got up at 31 years old. I'm not going to dwell on that the whole time. Cause we already, uh, we already talked about it and I'm right there. Right. 31 wasn't 32. 
somewhere in there. Um, 31, 32, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's another, uh, that's another just, top five or all time or top 10 or something stupid like that. But yeah, old as dust. So it was good. I was the oldest guy on the team with the Coyotes when I was, when I was called up. So that is one so of those as a rookie, deals. you're playing. That's it. I, that's the only story I want you to repeat. And for those I've, I've gained a lot of listeners lately since the spit and chicklets episodes. And I don't want anybody to miss that. Um, 31. How did, how did it all come to be? Now this is after a long, hard fought, uh, entertaining minor league career. So it wasn't out of nowhere, but uh, tell us how it went down. Yeah, it's, uh, actually I told this story on the old spit and chicklets too. I was lucky enough to go on there and, and bullshit with the boys there for a while too. But, um, I was playing in, yeah, in San Antonio, Phoenix's farm team. And we were playing on the road in Hamilton, which I'd played there a couple of years before, actually. And I got called into the into the office there, underneath those uh, dirty old grimy stands at the old cops coliseum there. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, our head coach uh, Greg Ireland and assistant coach uh, Ray Edwards. Ray Edwards is a great buddy of mine. I actually played roller hockey with Ray Edwards in Anaheim. That's like part of the intro there. Played a little roller hockey, which is a whole other. That's another chapter in the book. Oh, that's cool. But uh, um, they called me in and said, yeah, you're, you're not playing tonight. And I'm like, that is absolute bullshit because we had too many veterans. You know, the old veteran story deal, too many veterans. You got to sit somebody out. You played over 250 games. You could only have so many in the lineup and we had too many. So they're sitting me out in uh, a barn that used to be my own barn. I said, no goddamn way in hell. I'm playing. I said, no, we're really happy. We're really proud. We, we got some great news for you. Like what? Trading me to Hamilton? Like that sucks. <laughs> no way. And uh, said no. You're you're called up. We're uh, just talked to Tree Living and and in Phoenix, and you're going up playing in, in Phoenix. Like nope, that's not funny. It's not even close to funny. I'm going to beat the <laughs> shit out of both you guys right now if you don't give me a real excuse what's going on. And they, I made them go get the paperwork and show me that because uh, I didn't I didn't believe I was finally getting called up. You know, you battle all that time and. And you, you think there's a chance and then you're getting sat out all the time as a healthy scratch. And then they say that like, no way that's not happening. But, but it did, it was, it was true and jumped on a plane and, uh, you know, got a chance to, to go in there and had a, like three or four days of media stuff to, and practicing before I actually played. So I had way too much time to think about it and was all scatterbrained and, and weirded out by the whole deal. But it, uh, it was you know, one of those things that you, you can't put into words how how amazing of an experience it was and, and how cool it was to finally get that game in. That is incredible. You think you, you're thinking everything but then you go up. You're like, OK, I'm going to play in the NHL. I was in Bentley this year, too. This is the year I played senior hockey out west. Yeah. So we all knew with, what with my brother. Go. Yes. Yes. I was I was literally with your brother when this happened. Um, so, I mean, you get up. You walk in the room. I, I, I know that feeling. I know that feeling. But in my head, I was 19. Like, you know, so you're you're 31. I guess most people there are in their mid 20s, probably a couple guys older. Um, what's the first thing you thought? Or do you I mean, do you remember? That's a loaded question. But do you remember what, what went through your head first? Oh, yeah, it was hard pushing that uh, door open because like, you know, you're it's just too much time to think about it. Right. And actually, uh, my ex-wife and my daughter Danica was there, like she was like two months old. So like, it was kind of a special deal. Right. Got to experience that. My old man flew down, mom and dad and lots of folks from back home came down for that as well. And cause we had time to actually make this happen, you know, three or four days to, to kind of get things in order. 
but uh, a good buddy of mine, Derek Morris was playing there. And like, I, I stayed with Derek when I was down there for training camp during the summertime and all that. So he's there, made it so easy. Uh, like Keith Yandel, there's a bunch of guys that I played with that year already in San Antonio that had gone up and were there and just, you know, it, it, they made it easy. And Shane Doan made it so incredible. Like he just come right over pistol. Good to see you. You know, been waiting for you. We're so happy for you. I'm like, holy shit, this is, this is pretty cool. And, and Wayne Gretzky's my coach. Wayne comes over. Hey, Pistol, how's it going? Great to see you. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. It, it was just, it was so surreal and crazy. And, you know, so much more time to think about it and so many different things going through your head that you probably wouldn't as, as a young kid. You're just like, yeah, it's my time. I'm ready to go where, you know, a lot of uh, soul searching and doubt along the way that, that would ever happen. And then just so, so happy and excited to be there and just kind of pinch yourself that, holy shit, this is real. And, and it, everybody there made it easy and, and it was a lot of fun. That's great. Um, do you remember anything about skating around other than it's, I'm assuming that those two games are dreamlike. Um, but did you get, did you come close? Did you, did you have the puck around the net at all? Oh yeah. Like uh, the second game, like how it worked. I, I played the first game and then was, we flew to Dallas and got sent down to Dallas in the morning. Like, Oh shit. But I got paid for another day. That's, that's okay. <laughs> but I actually got recalled at the end of the season for that second game. And we were actually in Dallas and, you know, both teams were out of playoffs. It was, it didn't matter. So I got to play on the first line and was zipping sauce across the ice, cross ice sauce to Steve Reinprecht and playing with Doan. And like the refs in that second game were like, holy shit, why weren't you here all year? I'm like, I know, tell that guy over there, tell Wayne. I should have been here all year because <laughs> there was no pressure at all. And like the last couple of games of the season, it was so, both teams are out of it. So it's like, there's like no hit hockey, you know, it's still NHL and incredible yeah. speed and everything like that. But it was so easy to play and I had confidence. Like I've been doing this forever and okay, it's the second time up. And, and I thought for sure, I, I zipped one across the cross ice pass to Ryan Precht and, and it, he missed it and actually went off the post. I'm like, Oh shit. Why wouldn't that go in? That would wow. be the perfect way to end like every story. Right. But, but it never happened. I never did score any points, drew a couple of penalties in, in each game and, and played actually really quite good. So it was fun to actually get there, but it was really fun and, and fulfilling to understand like, Hey, I was not just a, a dummy, just a scrapper. Like I could keep up. I was doing good making plays and, and not being an embarrassment out there, even though I'm not the fastest guy. Mm. Oh, that's in that game in Dallas. I was coming back, checking up the ice and everybody on the bench starts yelling at me, pistol, get off, get off, get off. I'm like, what happened? What do I do? What's going on? And a freaking white blaze went past me or a black and white blaze and i looked over and it was madano i was gonna going say. just like you've seen in every highlight video the hair billowing in the wind the jersey mm. flapping and he went past me so fast it was like a skate the other way like, holy shit I, you're right i'm off <laughs> jumped off the ice as quick as i could so i didn't get a, a minus attached onto my name there but <laughs> it, it was just so much fun and and every time talk about it even talking to the kids or, or things like this it's it's really neat to relive those things and and the old scrambled brain there it's pretty neat um yeah i went to camp with madano i couldn't believe it it, it was another level it, and it, it wasn't just the speed it was the swiftness or it was i mean he seemed like he was going way well i guess he was but you know he seemed like he was going even faster than he was going it's like he was flying it's like you couldn't come close to him you couldn't check him or anything He's just so so fast you know what you know what i identify with there i I really, it's one thing to play, but I was still like, I remember my first few ships that still thinking like, what am I doing here? But then the, the best feeling for me was when I started to feel comfortable and the puck starts snapping around and you're, you're not, 
you don't feel outside of the, of yourself anymore. You're like, oh, I, I, like I can play in the NHL. I remember like distinctly in my mind when I got comfortable. It was it was such a great feeling. Um, not that you asked. Uh, listen, did you see this thing on Netflix with the Danbury Trashers? I, I haven't yet. I plan on watching it this weekend. Uh, all my buddies are texting me and, and calling and saying, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. But like, I know guys that played there, like Dave McIsaac and Ryan Barnes and all these guys that were there, uh, especially Barney. Like I played with him and he was telling me <laughs> one guy, the GM, like called him. He was there, whether they did anything or not, either in the East coast league or the United league, you know, just to kind of, pay them more and balance it out over the course of the season, but they were all getting paid, you know, way, way above, under, over, beside the table, everything. Right. Yeah. But, but the GM called them up and said, don't come to work today. The FBI is coming down the road into the, into the, into the junkyard there where they had their office. And like the stories he told there, the money that got thrown around and what a circus it was there. Like, I can't wait to watch. I haven't yet. I, I had heard, man, I had heard at the time, you know, it was hard not to hear about it if you had any friends in pro hockey that, you know, I mean, because someone was either there that we knew or knew somebody there. So I'd heard the stories, but I watched the show last night. I can't believe what I saw. I didn't realize that was happening. I mean, it's not a surprise someone gets paid under the table. We've all seen that happen. It wasn't a surprise they brought in tough guys. But the whole way that it went down, uh, you know, a 17 year old was running the team. We all know guys there. So you're going to go, holy shit, that's what happened. Um, anyway, it's extremely interesting and I, I think you'll get a kick out of it. Um, yeah. And, and I, and I played in the U-Haul, uh, years previous, I played in Binghamton, right. And Danbury wasn't in the league then, but like that league was, you know, it, it was a couple steps below the American league, right. And, you know, even, or a little bit lower than the East coast league, just, just different make of the teams right but they were all really tough teams and there was always shady owners and different things going. we heard all the stories and I, I haven't seen it yet but i'm i will i know i won't be surprised by everything and i'm just wondering how much of the extracurricular shenanigans and all the other stuff they actually put in the documentary that it's just unbelievable shit yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh oilers flames are you because you live in alberta an Oilers or a Flames fan, or do you tend to share for one of the teams your brothers played for? Well, like I grew up, yeah, I grew up a Oilers fan. We all did because they were just a little bit better at the time or whatever in the eighties when they were growing up. But yeah, brother Jim played for both teams. I was part of Calgary's organization for, for two years. Uh, player assistant coach in uh, in Quad Cities and in but it's just it's more guys that that I know of. I'm sure you're probably the same way you kind of cheer for guys that you know that are still playing or guys that are coaching that you know sort of deal and yeah like it's been tough watching the Oilers all the talent they've kind of mumbled and screwed away over the course of the last few years and Calgary always had a little bit more workmanlike uh approach to things which you know kind of like but now they're they're not that great either and it, it's hard not to to watch uh, like Connor McDavid and dry subtle Plato and and you know want them to do good kind of return to glory and and still our, our buddy good buddy from Caroline here my hometown is uh Chris Russell same thing he's played for Calgary and now plays for been with Edmonton for a while so you can't always cheer for him a little bit too but yeah it's always worth watching anyways when the two get together um does that make any sense 
No, totally. I just, yeah. And I really did want to know from your perspective, right? You're from smack dab in the middle of both places, really close, I guess, close yep. to Calgary, but still, um, your brother played for both teams. I forgot Chris Russell's from Caroline. How big is Caroline? And Chris Russell seems to me like he's, <laughs> I guess he must be 40. Is he? He's still going. He's getting pretty close. Well, he's, well, I think he's 10 years younger than I am. He's like, he's 36. I bet, you know, I guess. somewhere in that range. Yeah, he, he came in really um, early. He came in really early. I guess I, I didn't realize that. I remember hanging out with him in Red Deer when I lived there. And that was late 2000s. I guess he was just getting started. Um, how big is Caroline? And tell us about your brothers and how each one of them, where they went and where they played, because this is an unbelievable story as well. <laughs> There's only six of us, eh? But uh, now, and uh, there's 300 people live in town and like in the surrounding area, maybe a thousand people sort of deal. But at a Caroline, like Chris and his twin brother, Ryan, both played in the NHL. Nick Tarnowski played in the NHL. All six of us idiots played professional hockey, me and Jim in the NHL and the rest at various levels. So, And Kurt Browning's from here. You know, he's a four-time world champion figure skater, right? Men's singles and you know, been to Olympics and all that. A lot of people come out of this little, little community have kind of gone on and done some pretty cool things. And, and I'm missing out on lots of other folks that have done other things. Rodeo is huge here. I've got uh, friends of mine that have been to the CFR and the NFR. And uh, my great uncle, he was a Calgary Stampede champion, bareback rider and saddle bronc champ and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a neat little community kind of tucked in the middle of nowhere against the mountains and uh, you know, farmland and everybody's in oil and gas or in the forestry, like my family was. And uh yeah, I guess it's just too crappy in the wintertime. Everybody wants to get the hell out of here so they get real good at what they do so they can bugger off for a while and make some money doing something else other than, than working in the cold. But, uh, yeah, there's like I said, there's six of us boys. That I'm the oldest. Uh, did my stuff. Um, my next oldest brother is Joe, and he played a little bit in the Western League, but mostly in the BC Junior League and uh, won uh, uh, Royal Bank Cup with, uh, with Surrey. Him and uh, brother Dan both played out there. And then Joe went on and had, uh, I think, about six or seven years in, in the East Coast League. Mm-hmm. Had a really good career there. And then went over to Germany for a couple of years, too. And then came back and has been playing senior hockey for about 30 years. I think he's got the most senior games uh, in the whole country. He's still playing, right? I was he's, there I, I was there in 07, 08, and he was playing with me in Bentley. And I was going to ask that. Is Joe still playing? And he is. Oh, yeah. 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 He'll play forever. I'll never forget he, we were well, in the Allen Cup final. He... Like he he dislocated his shoulder, man. Like he was playing with that thing hanging off, getting it frozen every game. Didn't surprise me now being a Vandermeer, but just just to let you know, one of the it's no surprise to me that he's still playing. Um, one of the biggest displays of heart and soul I've ever seen was the Bentley, the Allen Cup playdowns, and it's senior hockey. But man, it was rough because we had to go, we had to come out of BC, and then we had to go and 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 play in Fort St. John, five games in five nights. We ended up winning yeah. it in four, but it was crazy. And that's when he got hurt. I got hurt as well, but not close to as bad. Then you got no choice, right? You got to go to the Allen cup and you know, you, you got this slate of games. You've never seen these teams. So you don't know, maybe can I sit this one? I don't know. Like we haven't seen these guys ever. Right. And some games that are supposed to be, I don't want to say easy, but easier than others aren't. And you get, and it turns out that he didn't take a minute off. Uh, so that was, um, Again, not surprising. Give him my best. You lose touch with people. I don't talk to him much anymore, but one of the, one of my favorite teammates. Um, the BC Iceman, where is that? 
Well, that's Broome County. It used to be home of the Dusters. Doesn't that make sense? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. yeah, they were like Hartford's farm team back in the day. Yeah, it's it's Broome County. It's in uh, like on the southern tier uh, in southern New York State, upstate New York, about uh, three hours from the city sort of deal. And that, oh, okay. that's where Binghamton, that's where the senators have their farm team now or have for a long time, right? Sort of deal. I didn't and, realize yeah. BC was Binghamton. I always wondered. I knew you played there. I see it on Hockey DB. I never ask. Um, how was your time there? I've never heard. I don't know one person. I probably do, but I've never talked to anybody that played there. Uh, it was, well, it was disappointing being in the United League. I just, uh, I was in Rochester the year before, finished the year there, re-signed with Rochester in the American League, Buffalo's farm team, went to camp in Buffalo, all that sort of stuff. And then got, you know, okay, you're, we got too many guys right now. You're just going to go to Binghamton for the weekend. You know how that goes. It was like oh, yeah. 60 games or something like that. Eh? Still waiting. It was, uh, it was, yeah, it was a little disappointing, but it was, uh, it was a long year. Like I said, the United League had a lot of tough guys and, and our team didn't. So it was a long year for me. I was doing all the, pretty much all of the scrap in there. So it was long and I was still trying to play and, and try to be a player to work my way back up to the American League, which I did at the end of the year, but took a long time. But yeah, people ask me that all the time. Even when I was playing there, like, Oh, where are you playing at in BC? So you can come watch you play. You know, where are you, are you in Vancouver or where's BC? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, Broome County. So yeah, yeah. It appears that way. That's why That's I asked. Absolutely. And everybody that I, I run across says the same thing. I know it's only a Google search. I would rather ask you. Um, what's the worst injury that you've had to play with? Well, I, I shattered both of my legs, but I didn't really play with them till it was kind of mostly healed up with rods rammed through me and everything. But, you know, I played with everything. And when I broke my leg the first time when I was like 20, that was the worst injury. Was I've that ever when I saw played. you when you came back to Red Deer limping? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's right. I, I, let me rephrase that. What's, what's the uh, worst injury? And that's one of them, like the most pain would have been the broken legs. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it doesn't compare to that with bones sticking out of your legs and squirting blood all over the ice. No. That's uh, no, no. That's, how did that happen? How the how the hell did that happen? Back checking. It'll get you every time. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you don't back check, kids. That, that's right. That was just I was tied up with a guy, you know, back in the clutch and grab era, coming back checking, tied up with my. I got my guy, no problem. Uh, the guy carrying the puck juked at the blue line and tried to cut inside, or D man kind of took him out at the knees with a big old swing and hip check and the guy that was carrying the puck his shoulder hit me right below the knee and it went that way and me the guy i was tied up with went the other way and just spun it around like a sapling and stuck both bones out foot on backwards you know the gross highlight reel things that you never want to see anybody go through and i made it halfway back to the bench dragging my foot on my hands and knees but my heel was dragging in the ice like out at a 45 degree angle and oh, all that not good not good you're lucky but, you weren't done at 20, dude. Yeah, that's what the docs told me when I went in for surgery. Like, you're done. Your leg's going to be like an inch shorter than the other one. But I don't know. They did some magic. Rammed a titanium rod in the middle and a whole bunch of screws and bolts and plates. And good to go. Hasn't given me any trouble since. What is the hardest punch you remember taking? <laughs> uh, I think Johnny Erskine hit me in the side of the head one time i thought my no whole head was coming. way dude i fought him five times in a row at dallas camp like oh, and, and it, it started to be to the point that you know the like i'm fighting him and i know it looks good because we're both throwing at this but he's hitting me so fucking hard like honestly i didn't know you were going to say that because i could say close to 
you know, definitely one of the hardest punches I've taken and just boom, boom, just a real tough guy who loved fighting. I remember I went over to him. I said, do you want to go? And he said, I'd love to. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Oh, Where'd you guys fight? Uh, Actually, when he hit me with that one, we were playing that that lockout year in uh, in Minnesota. But we're it was Grand Rapids Detroit's team playing against Houston. Oh, it was they had their guys in Houston there. Yeah. After Utah. Um, in Minnesota and many in the, in the, in, well, I was actually in St. Paul, right in the big barn there, the wild play. And I just got done. I fought, uh, um, what's his name? Great big giant boy there. Uh, Derek Bugard. Yeah. I, I just got done fighting him and I'm sitting in the box saying, Oh, I actually did a, not too bad. I didn't get murdered by that six, eight monster. And Johnny comes over and tap, tap, tap on the glass. We're going when you get out of here. Great. Like, Oh, fuck. <laughs> and we did and we had a great tilt but he hit me a couple times inside the, the head i thought he killed me but didn't go down or anything got through it all and made her halfway back to the dressing room down the tunnel and fell down in there i think i had a stroke or something and holy shit he hit me <laughs> yeah <laughs> fighting those two buggers back to back that was that was a long day at the office that one yeah <laughs> it was a long day at the office i suppose it would be uh what kind of music do you listen to uh, a little bit of everything, right? I'm I'm from here, from from butt buck nowhere in middle of Alberta. We're all country boys to start with, but love some good rock and roll. Love a little bit of everything, classic stuff. It everything, everything that's good. And and I got I got five kids, so I got to listen to all their garbage too. And some of it's okay, most of it's junk. But I get exposed to pretty you're much exposed. everything. You're exposed. You're exposed. Yeah, you're exposed like I am. Um, and, and a lot of it is garbage. Uh, how many, how many line brawls do you think you were in? And does one stand out over another? Oh God. So many, like even in, in the Western league, even before, like before getting to 15 years of of pro, uh, geez, I would have no idea. Like dozens, right? Dozens. I know people ask, someone asked me that the other day is why I asked. And I said like, you know, it's funny because. I don't remember many bench brawls. I remember my dad talking about bench brawls, but people now I know there's still fighting and I kind of just, I lost track, but now like a line brawl is like a bench brawl to us. Like I'm like, no, there's all kinds of line brawls. I don't know. (laughs) Like, I I guess. Yeah. Like you said, dozens. Like if you told me 50, I would believe it, (laughs) you know, but anyway, does, does any stand out more than others? Well, actually thinking about it now too, talking to you in St. John's, we had a, at the end of a game, we, you know, we'd always play those back-to-backs, like whether it's a Wednesday, Friday, Friday, Sunday, like you'd always be in St. John's forever playing the, playing the Leafs. And we had one at the end of the game and it turned into a bench brawl. And I was with Mark. We got, it went, I actually wound up hitting him pretty good and kind of like knocking him down, like me not out, but kind of stunning him. He went down. So I went back on some other guys play with for a while and the whole benches both came out on the ice because the horn went and it was going absolutely bananas and then mark found me again later on because i knocked him down and we had a great tilt went on forever but there was stuff here the end he was the only guy on the ice picking up all the sticks and we're seeing him my life was awesome wow wow who was picking up the sticks i lost your perception oh i i see i see i see Um, you know those when those would happen, I had a few, and there was there was a couple over the, my career like that fights say would break out in warm up, 
And I'm like, that's when you really see the men from the boys. Like yeah. these guys aren't doing it for penalty minutes. They're doing it because they're pissed off and they just like to beat the shit out of guys. Like, cause I'm going to a lot of time, especially if it was the end of the game, especially like in junior, like I'd go, okay. I mean, I'm not saying that I didn't want, you know, to go out there. I, I wasn't in some way intrigued by the thought of the fight, but when it's just like no rules, no penalty minutes, this isn't going to go on any resume. Let's just go bare knuckle, right? I was like, oh you know, well, these and, and there were a and lot no of them. Ref to save yeah, and no linesman ref to save anybody either, right? Yeah. Everybody can chirp at the red line, but there's nobody there to save them when somebody steps over. Oh, oh, they're for real. Here we go. That's fun though. To me, that's fun. I know. I hear you. you. See I, I love it because those fucking call. guys who chirp. And I was, who hide behind the reps. I mean, it only happens once in a while, but do I love seeing a guy get his bluff called? Right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. There isn't a bit, and everybody loves it. Guys on your own team, you know, you've all played with guys like that and you look after them and then every once in a while they get caught and you're not there to save them. Like you've been deserving that for a long time and take yeah. your medicine because you deserve it. Uh, exactly. Um, have you hmm, have you ever hated a teammate? You don't have to. You don't have to say who. If you did, uh, there's hate is a strong word, and I love fighting. I love everybody getting what they deserve, and good and bad. Hate is a really strong word. I've I've played with some guys that were not good teammates, and those are the guys that you just you can't like. Hate. Uh, there's probably a couple, but we'll we'll keep it that that's yeah, a, i have so to answer your question yeah yeah i've hated two guys two guys that i've played with in my life and i played with thousands of guys and there's two of them that yeah if if they're on fire beside me i probably wouldn't waste a piss on them <laughs> that is just a great fucking way to put it yeah and and they are um i think Many casual fans think that there's probably at least at least people I talk to think that there's probably more than that. But I'm like, no, I got to really look for you and far between. Not like is one thing. Like you said, hate is a strong word. Not like. But even then, right, you're on a team. So you got to you got to kind of the team has to keep going forward. And, you know, if, if you can just get along till the end of the season, the team's going to be better off for it. So I know what you mean. Um yeah, I, and, my, and go ahead. But uh, you know, there's guys that the longer you play too, you you get to figure out that there everybody's got different motivations. Everybody's from different places. Everybody's at different places in their careers, and sometimes guys do things that you don't like, but you can kind of understand. There's a select few that are just pieces of shit human beings, <laughs> and there are they're where they're at because they've got really good talent or really good speed or whatever but if they're just selfish and not good human beings they're not good teammates it's you know like i say there's very few guys that play the game for any length of time in order to either play junior or get to the level of playing professional hockey that that don't have some other good qualities that, that you can you know stand them right there's only like i say two out of four years of junior 15 years of pro and 10 years of senior hockey that that i could care if they fell off a cliff right everybody mm -hmm. else you give a shit about at least a little bit at least a little bit you're right um do you think alexander ovechkin will break the record he needs five years 33 goals per year yeah 
I do. It's no hit hockey out there and he takes, doesn't exert himself too much. I think he'll score 30 a year for five years. I think he will. That sucks. I'd like to see some of Wayne's record stand forever. Right. But it's, it's a different game. It's a different age and how that <laughs> he's a big boy too. Ovechkin. I actually get to play a game with him. One game on the line with him and Salmon in, in Washington one year. Why? And those buggers went past me the puck once. Wait, 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 wait. Let's I back up. Let's back up. What were you doing playing with Alexander Ovechkin? I signed with Washington and played exhibition game with them in Pittsburgh one night. Wow. And played Hershey the rest of the year. Yeah, I got to play on a line with them. Uh, coach told me, hey, anybody looks at those guys, you beat the shit out of them. I'm like, well, duh. That's what else am I here for? And uh, oh, I thought you I was wide I was open. Go end to end. I'm not saying I'm not putting uh, down your was talent. Wide open back so- door ten times in the first period. The no, no. Um, that's the other thing I didn't realize until I saw him with my own eyes how big he is. Like, oh yeah, Eric Lindros. Like he's almost. Like that, like I used to think Lindros, there was nobody bigger. Like he just seemed like this huge presence, like six five, two thirty, or whatever. Ovechkin might be slightly shorter, but definitely as big. And it, it, that's what who he reminded me of. And I was like, wow, I, I I don't I don't know why I didn't think so, but he is huge and he's jacked. I'm small compared to that guy. Um, anything he did differently to prepare, or was it was he just mailing it in because it was exhibition? Oh, he's just mailing it in for sure. Uh, but he doesn't take strides anywhere. Like I was at camp with him and stuff for, and before the season there for about a month. And he's just a, a huge human. Like you're saying before, like he's, if it says 235, he's probably, well, there's not an ounce of fat on him anyways. Like he's shredded and just the way he leans into that stick and shoots a puck, like, but he doesn't take more than 10 strides during a game unless it's tight, right? So you can play for a long time, but nobody's hitting you and you do that kind of stuff. I could sit back door and take one-timers all day and probably score 20 with somebody feeding me. And I got a muffin of a shot. Hey, speaking of that, you had 19 goals in the A. That is a fucking great year, especially for someone who's relying on more to mix it up than anything. That's an official contribution up front. Um, who are you playing with that year? And I guess you just got given a chance, did you? Yeah, Pete Laviolette was coaching us there in Providence, and I scored those 19 goals before Christmas too. So it was a really good year that was rocking there that kind of got cut short. We got some guys sent back from Boston, and after Christmas I just I didn't play. And who I was playing with, I was just playing on the fourth line, but uh, for power play I'd go stand in front of the net because nobody else wanted to do that. It was an evil, scary place in front of the net. So I stood in front of the net and uh, Lavi told me, like, you stay out there for two minutes. These other guys are going to change. You're going to have lots of time to rest because you're playing fourth line anyways. But stay out there for two minutes and let people take slap shots at you and get cross-checked in the back of the neck and tipped in a whole bunch of pucks with uh, some good players. We had an awesome team there too. So it was a lot of fun. But, yeah, we got some send downs from, from Boston and I kind of got parked for kind of the second half of the season, but then got back into the same role for, uh, for playoffs. And we went on a run there too, and, and had a good year. And that kind of set me up because after that year I signed with Philadelphia and that's the first, uh, like actual NHL contract they signed in my, in my career after that year in Providence and kind of, kind of, you know, made it a little bit more realistic or serious that I might get a chance to play in the NHL someday. That's a great year. 19 goals, 18 assists, 240 penalty minutes in 62 games. 
Um, I know you are a presence in front of the net, but did you need to prove anything to yourself? I know you had 30 in the coast. I know you can, I know you can score. Um, I just mean up until that point, that's a pretty big, other than the 30 goal year, again, that's in the coast, which is still great, but I'm going like major junior, you had 21. You're starting to show, you know what? I'm not just a one trick pony. And you go along, you're in the A, the East Coast League, the United League. That particular year, I mean, I know that Philly came looking, but did that do anything for your confidence or did you know all along? And it was just like, hey, man, this was a matter of time. Well, same as anything yet. You got to have pretty good confidence in yourself. If, you know, maybe even supreme confidence in yourself, whether you're you're full of shit or not in order to, to keep going ahead. But it's, it's the same deal as, as really playing that first game in, in the NHL. Like, I knew I could do it myself, but you don't know until it actually happens. And then when it does happen, like, okay, that's great. I can do that. Now let's do more of it. Let's see what else we can do, right? It's just, you know, setting goals and, and just hopefully somewhere along the way, breaking down enough doors to get a chance to play. And that's what finally happened in Providence, that you actually got a chance to, to, to play and contribute offensively and, and I can do it. So, and it was hard to find those chances later on in my career too. But whenever I got a chance, I was kind of prided myself where I could, you know, I'd play third or fourth line all the time, but if somebody got hurt or somebody was, you know, got yeah. suspended or, or in penalty trouble, I could always go play on the first line and, and contribute, not be just a dud out there. And then if any of the shit started, well, I could always look after that. But, but anytime I did get a chance to play regularly or play power play time, I, I could do that. And then later in my career, I was playing, you know, penalty killing and playing power play on playing D too, because, you know, I could be versatile. Like I spent, all the time in the world before practice, after practice with, with everybody on the team, trying to get better and uh, improving my skills and, and trying to be relevant and, to, and stay around, you know, just another day. That was always the thing, stick around for another day. And, and if you can't do it at the job that you've got given to you, find another way you can do it. Fighting was always the easy part of that. Cause for me, fighting was easy. So it was fine. But, but just practicing and loving to practice and loving to get better was, you know, really lengthened out my career i uh i could always i felt fighting would ease the pressure for me and a lot of people go what the fuck are you talking about ease the pressure when you're fighting big men that like to go but i couldn't make myself go score but there's enough times at least back then in a game that you could get in a fight without taking a bad penalty like someone had hit a small guy or someone had spray the goalie really or someone might even just you might just hit somebody and make eye contact and you knew it was time but I could make myself go out and be effective that way, even if I was in a slump. Personally, that's one of the reasons I enjoyed. You know, I, I don't mind saying it. I enjoyed fighting. Um, 99, 2000, though, before I get too much beyond that, yeah, that's a crazy year, Pete. 58 games, Richmond Renegades, East Coast League, 31 goals, 457 minutes. Did you have it in your head this year? I'm going to get a lot of penalty minutes or because, I mean, you always had a lot, but you're approaching 500 in a season. Um, was that, and you know, you're in the coast. So was, was that your determination to get back up or was it because now, you know, you're playing a lot, obviously of more than a goal every second game um, where you just out there so much and people were at you. Cause I know what that feels like too. You know, you fight a little bit, but now all of a sudden I'm on the first line and everybody wants to fight me. So now I'm, I'm getting the ones against the guys that 
I want to take off the ice, but also people are coming at me to get me off the ice. And sometimes that compounds, or was it you just going, fuck it, I'm fighting all year? No, it was just, uh, I was playing all the time and, and it was, it was great that your brother Joe was down there and brother Dan were, were there. So all three of us idiots are playing on the same team down there. We started every game. We're 16, 17 and 18. It was just, it was awesome. Like it was such a blast playing, playing hockey with those two donkeys down there and in the South with good weather and everything like that. But hockey wise, I was playing on the first line. I was playing with Ryan Kraft, a hell of a player. Um, and everybody's coming after me. I'd already been in the American League for, for a little while and had done well scrapping there. So everybody that wanted to move up to the American League that was doing that kind of job wanted a piece of me. And I was trying to play all the time too. So I would usually put things off till later on in the game. And we had a really good team. We won a lot of games. So once we get up, you know, three or four goals at the end of the game, it's like, all right, let's go. And brother Dan, he scrapped all the time too. And we had uh, like four or five other pretty tough guys on our team. We had Trevor Sen on our team, that little animal. And yeah. we, our team was good and we were tough. So wherever we, we went, if we were, we couldn't beat you on the scoreboard, we'd beat you up. And, and if we're beating you on the scoreboard, we beat you up afterwards. So it was just, it was fun. And I, and to answer your question, I didn't set out to get any, I never did set out to like, Oh, I'm going to get 300 minutes or 400 minutes everything I got came naturally. Like it was just, it was always there. And if I wasn't being effective that year, scoring goals or setting up plays in the power play, well, then it was easy for me to grab anybody because everybody was asking and it was kind of, it was nice. There's lots of hungry guys, but it wasn't like fighting in the American league. Same as fighting the American league isn't like fighting in the NHL. I was pretty good at fighting in the American league. So I did really good fighting in the East coast league. Lots of tough guys there. Don't get me wrong, but it was, uh, I was kind of more polished and spent more time at it. You know, the better, the more you do shit, the better you're going to be at it. And I did a lot of it. So I wasn't too bad at it. So it was just, it was fun. Uh, I forgot your brothers were there, boy, Dan and Joe. I always, I mean, you got so many and y'all played professionally, but I, I forgot that they were there. That must've been a great time. I heard Richmond's a, a, a cool place to play too. Um, but I guess, you know, I'm, I'm trying to see. Is Philly the, the place that you played the longest? I mean, I'm sure you would have stayed in Richmond, but you wanted to get back up to the A. This is what I was why I assume you go to Providence for a couple of years. Um, I know I asked you before. I can't remember the answer because, you I mean, you're all over the place. But the Philadelphia Phantoms, I, I've always said of all the teams, I wish I played there for a year. It seemed like the fans loved you. In the minors, you got all kinds of of um, notoriety and, 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 you know, again, fandom. Um and you can go see the Flyers play whenever. And it's kind of like one big group. I've been there a few times and, and I know what goes on. Did you enjoy playing in Philadelphia? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Brother Jim was there. Like, I was really lucky. I got to play with a bunch of these donkeys all over the place. But that was Jim's first three years after they won the Memorial Cup there in Red Deer. Oh. The next year, he, he signed with Philly. I'd signed with Philly <laughs> already. And, yeah, we lived together there and got a chance to, to play with him he's five years I was i was gone playing junior when he was still a kid eh? and got to watch him play his first game in the nhl got to watch him score his first goal in the nhl against montreal against jeff hackett i'll remember that forever and uh yeah the fans loved us and we were meat like in philly the phantoms playing out of the spectrum sold out all the time and just we had a tough tough team and and jim and i fit in perfectly there so it was it was a great place I, I loved it there now it was the longest i was anywhere was was those three years 
Uh, yeah, man, that's great that you got to play for the Philly Phantoms. One of my favorite minor league teams ever. Okay, um, I'm going to do a, a little bit called Rapid Fire Randoms. Uh, are you down for that? Uh, we're approaching an hour. If you're busy, no sweat at all. But yep. if you'd like to, are you, you want to go? Okay. Yep. Let's do it. Rapid Let's Fire Randoms. Pistol Pete Vandermeer, your uh, death row. You got one meal left. What would it be? Good old Alberta beef, triple A steak. Green fed, where you go. I don't care what you put with it, but the big old steak. I figured I figured you were gonna say that. Uh do you play any other sports? Uh growing up, played in all the school sports, played we played as much fastball and baseball growing up uh, as we did hockey. So still play a little bit, help help coach and all that sort of stuff with all the kids. But yeah, I'd I'd say baseball more than more than anything, I guess. And golf, of course, got to golf, right? Got to golf. Uh, plan a line with one player in history. Who would it be? Oh, my old coach, old Wayne. You can't not play with Wayne if you get a chance. I love how you can say that. That sentence is just a fantastic sentence that not everybody gets to say. My old coach, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, if you could remove a character from Seinfeld, who would it be? Uh, I'd get rid of Elaine. Yeah, enough for her. Bad dancer. Not for her. Yeah, shitty dancer. If you could change one rule in hockey, what would it be? Uh, I don't know. Either everybody like me say, oh, take the instigator out. The instigator doesn't matter anything. It's That's not it. But if you could hit goalies, when goalies come out of the crease, like they deserve to be hit, if they want to be part of the game, then let them be part of the game. That's what I would change. And it used to be, remember in the late 80s, it was part of the game. If you wanted to come out, that's why goalies that came out were like Hextall. You know, if, if you're, if you're going to hit me, I'll be ready. But I, I remember it was allowed and no one really was complaining. And then they disallowed it. Um, but again, I don't think it's coming back. Yeah. But great answer. Unless they totally got buried. Yeah. <laughs> Once in a while, they're always going to be someone that's going to run the goalie. But it, it was fun when the goalie could be because if the goalie came out of the net, you knew that, you know what, this guy's ballsy. He knows he can get hit. And a lot of them did it. Right. A lot of them didn't. Right. But a lot of them did do it. Um, your favorite Muppet in the Muppet show. Uh, Kermit. He ran the show. Got to like Kermit. Yeah. Kermit did run the show. And yeah, that, that's a good answer. My, I, mine always changes. I love Fozzie Bear, but I don't know if he could hold it together long enough to just, I, I like a good leader and I think Kermit's that guy. Uh, how many fish burgers have you ever eaten? I don't know if I've ever had one. Probably none. Okay. Well, you're going to have a couple when you come over here to visit me in St. John's next. I, I would love, I love a good cod. I love good fish and chips, but I've never like rammed it between some bread. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. A lot of people don't. And, you know, I'm one of the only people that I know. I mean, maybe, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think, at least with the group that I know, filet fishes are popular. But I get one, like, it's, it's almost my go-to at McDonald's. It always has been. I, I know that's the Newfoundland in me, but even my Newfoundland buddies don't have many filet fishes um, But I love them. It's, I, I don't know why. I just, it's one of those things. It's one of my favorite foods. King Kong or Godzilla? King Kong, gotta love the big boy beating his chest. Uh, Everybody loves monkeys. Who likes lizards? But these these are actually pretty good answers with a bit of insight that I never give to it. Uh, your favorite band ever? Oh, you you're 
you're a music aficionado and you're going to hate this, but Nickelback. And everybody hates Nickelback. I don't know why. Good Hannah boys from Central Alberta. If you don't like Nickelback, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, and I don't. I, I don't dislike them as much as everybody. I, I don't. It was an odd time when people hated them because they were having like real success, right? And they're Canadian. And I remember hearing how bad they were, and then not even realizing that I knew two songs. Um, you know, they're rockish. I. Yeah, I got no problem with Nickelback. They're from Canada. I say support them. You know, they're they're a hell of, hell of a lot better than Justin Bieber in my mind. Yeah, and, and I I got and he's from Canada, but, right? So I support him yeah. too. Go ahead. Well, well, the hip, right? Like people of a certain age, like if, if you don't love the hip, you I don't know what something's wrong with you too. If you grow up in the '90s or even you know throughout the 2000s and stuff, when when the hip was everywhere, just so many songs reconnect you with with part of your growing up or great memories or even sad memories too but but they're total canadiana and been part of my life ever since i was hatched and all my brothers and everybody around here too so i'd have to go half and half with but um, even I mean, more I, I, I don't mind nickelback but i would never put him in my top but but fair enough but 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 tragically hip boy the more and i i, I obviously i know i love the hip but I listen more and more now and, and, you know, with Gord gone and I'm like, you know, they're a band that you listen, you can almost tell Gord's great. And it just, you can tell almost with every song, how great of a writer he is, how great of a poet, how much he loves Canada. It's crazy what you can identify, you know, in almost, I won't say every song, but every album has at least three or four that you're like, holy cow, like the words are so powerful and the, the thing is, the music is so great that you often forget how powerful the words are. Uh, and the more and more I hear the tragically hip, the more and more I like them. And they were already in my top five. But uh, yeah, and, that, and that's for everybody, like from you sitting there in Newfoundland to everybody in BC yeah. and everywhere in between. Right. Like that's very rare. They have people like something that people across the prairies and the mountains and all across, you know, especially, you know, central Canada and then out to the Maritimes, all liking the same thing. That's a rarity in this country of anything, but especially music. So that makes them even more special to me. Uh, agreed. Uh, speaking of Ontario and the hip, will the Leafs make the second round of the playoffs this season? Nope. Final answer. Uh, what is your favorite meal? Oh, sorry. I already asked that. What would be your favorite restaurant you, you remember from going on the road? Oh, there's a lot of good ones there. You know, always the same thing with the, you know, nice steakhouse, like a Ruth's Chris or Fleming's or, you know, some of the, you know, single private, uh, private places where you get to go on the road that are just, they're awesome. They're expensive as shit, but. We ate at so many Roots, Chris, and Mort's. Is, was that a place? Mort's, Morton's Steakhouse. Remember Mort's, Mort's, yeah. That I yeah. forget. I can't decipher one from the other, but they were all so good, right? I remember yeah. the one in Providence. There was a steakhouse in Providence, and I, I don't. That was one of those mom pop places, but it was awesome. <clears throat> Who's Great your food in Providence. Great food. Hey. For a town to play in, like one of the best ever, everything. Providence. Didn't you find that about Portland, too? I used to go oh, to yeah. Providence in Portland and go, wow, like there's so many restaurants that are off the beaten path that are just awesome. It really reminded me of St. John's, both places, um, almost eerie how many. And I would go back and go, 
Jesus, we don't even know where we are. And it was just another place after place, really cultured, real good. And I, I don't mean all I mean, my, my, my first favorite to go on the road with was steak as well. But, you know, there was all kinds of different foods. Um, but I guess I like them more for their steakhouses than anything. Your favorite jersey ever in any sport? Hmm. That's a good. I know my least favorite. I was playing in Columbus, Ohio with the chill. And for one day, they changed their name to the Columbus Mad Cows. And we had Holstein black and white spotted jersey with uh, udders hanging off of us for one oh, game. Come over, swear to God. You have. <laughs> oh, I've heard it all. I've never. I've heard of the third jersey. I've heard of the Patty's Day. I've heard of the. Breast cancer awareness, pink, but everybody does that, so it doesn't feel too weird. But the bad cow disease jersey, I've never heard. And that's the best answer possible. Uh, would you rather be in a Marvel movie or go on tour as a backup singer with Justin Bieber? <laughs> Where the hell do you come up with this shit? Uh, <laughs> yeah, when a Marvel when movie can weed at night. Yeah, no night shit. Before. Marvel movie for sure. Uh, you know what? That Bieber is actually growing on me. Not a lot, but he, he's starting to like from like, I he's acceptable. Run over I him with, from when I run over him with my car, if I saw him now, like, ah, I'll let him go across the road. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And I've always been like, you know, the guy's Canadian. He worked, he did. I mean, he, he you know, they say YouTube and everything, but it wasn't given to him. He got there some way. He does have talent. And, you know, I, I I'm with you. He's, I, I can tolerate him now. Uh, but could you imagine the amount of wool you'd pull down if you went on tour with that kid? Oh, oh yeah. Crazy. Yeah, you exactly. You have to wrap yourself so. in a full-size rubber just to get home. Oh, boy. Just, yeah. I mean, can you imagine? And he rolls with uh, his latest video there. got a bunch of leaf stuff. He rolls with Austin Matthews. I, mean, I know they don't have a bit of fun. Right? <laughs> One of the best goal scorers ever. <laughs> I, I, well, shouldn't say ever, but Austin Matthews is shaping up to at least be one of the best goal scorers in the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then you've got, uh, you know, Justin Bieber, who's Justin Bieber. Um, you could be, uh, okay, Pete, one more question. One day a week, you're a cartoon. Which cartoon would it be and why? Oh, that is a great question. Well, it's a terrible question, but I don't really have an answer yet. Maybe I'd be... Who would I be? Maybe may be Bugs Bunny and just make that you're the roadrunner and make the coyote's life a living hell and just have fun and laugh at him every day. But then he gets to spring back to life. So it's no, no harm, no foul. And you have lots of fun over and over again, making uh, fun for a while. But then he'd be okay. <laughs> Good answer. And you know what? This is last question B because I'll leave, I'll leave you with a hockey uh, question. And thanks for doing this again. Who is your favorite player of all time? And don't say your old coach. Let's go with something else. <laughs> uh, there, there are so many good players from all across the ages for sure. But I, I grew up watching the Oilers, right? And watching Messier out there with my old coach, Wayne. It's pretty awesome to see the things that he could do. Because he could do it with speed, with skill. And he could be violent when he needed to be. And he was just, he was, a, he was a moose. He was pretty awesome. I got a chance to meet him a couple of times and uh, he's a genuinely awesome person and cool to be around. And uh, yeah, as a kid, like he was who I wanted to be like, I didn't quite get there, but 
on that, you know, on I'm, that I'm surprised. I'm surprised more people don't say that Marc Messier is their favorite player. He came through that whole generation. And I know we, we've got to see Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky all the time. And like Steve Eiserman, but he was that, and he was a killer, you know, and I didn't fight much, but I mean, you don't want Messi to be out there fighting, but don't fuck with him. He's going to cross check you in the face and he's going to go in the corner with Chuck Norris and come out chewing on a toothpick and laughing. That guy was a machine up front. And I'm surprised more people don't give that answer. Pete, Pistol Pete Vandermeer, it's been great having you on the show today. I really appreciate it. I know you're doing us a favor because you're at work. You're out in a zone that's got bad Wi-Fi. You're uh, thinking about God knows what, chopping wood or whatever you're doing in Alberta. And uh, I appreciate you coming out here to talk about hockey because I know you like doing that, but I don't get to do it with you all the time. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I hope to get to see you soon in Alberta in the fall. Okay, there you have it, Pete Vandermeer. Uh, it's great to catch up with Pete again. Uh, yeah, uh, Pete is uh, is playing on this. Check, check him out on HockeyDB. He's played all over the place. He's play, he played a long career, played a lot of games with a lot of teammates, and I don't know one that ever said he wasn't one of the best teammates that uh, they've ever played with. So thanks to him once again. Uh, once again, thanks to the little back guys. I, I kind of got into that at the beginning of the podcast and to everybody that works with me at TJ's, uh, especially I told them I'd give them shout outs, Jack and Megan, you guys were awesome. Um, I, you know, what? I'll give everybody and, and, you know, I work with Eric Lopez, Jeremy Barron and myself, we, we run TJ's for those that don't know. Uh, for our buddy, Stefan Hancock, who owns the place. And, um, you know, it's a lot of fun having, having beers and, and getting to hang out on the patio. And, but, but there is a lot that goes into it. You know, it, it, it is, it, it can be hard work at times, especially during the long nights and, and festivals and things from, from uh, just chaos, right? Everything from um, just, just big crowds. Uh, you, you've always got to be ready for, for anything. Um, and, uh, you know, even though I absolutely, absolutely love the George Street Fest and I miss it. And every year it's, it's not just the drinking or the concerts, it's running into buddies. And this year, especially because, you know, it just just opened up. So people weren't here last summer. We didn't even have a George Street Fest. But now, finally, you know, every year that's when I see people that come back that are from here. I might have gone to school with or I might have played hockey with or whatever it would be. There's always multiple people that come into town. Like I said, I'm going out for a bite to eat tomorrow with Billy McGuigan, a friend from PEI. Uh, anyway, so I love the George Street Fest, but it's a lot of, lot of hard work. And, and we pretty much, I'm not going to say it was flawless, but uh, pretty close, pretty close. Um, so I appreciate everybody that I work with. And uh, Summer, Ken's, Megan, Jack, Anthony, Jacob, Shoddy, you guys did a great job. Thank you to Stefan Hancock as well for giving us the opportunity. And uh, Tim Kareen, one of the hardest workers and best guys I know. There you go. I did my thing. I uh, always mention uh, or forget to mention you guys. And now is as good a time as any with the George Street Festival just passing. Um, if you're from Mount Pearl or you live in Mount Pearl, please give me consideration when it comes to voting day with the advanced polls around the September 18th. And uh, the vote is on, I believe, September 28th. 
Um, I've talked, I'm going to do a Facebook live, but you know, the things I'm running on and are, uh, well, I've, I've explained it. I don't, I don't want to get into a campaign pitch now. If, if you want, uh, anybody has any questions, tryan91 at hotmail.com, or it's pretty easy to track me down on social media. Um, I am going to do a Facebook live for those that are uh, wondering about the campaign. Uh, it's been real busy so far, but, um, now my, uh, my focus for the rest of the month is going to be on the campaign, my podcast, and I have a good uh, opportunity coming up um, in the acting world that I can't really talk about yet, but it's pretty exciting. It'll be coming up in the fall. And of course, um, TJ's is we're right back at it this weekend. Um, got Baraka, fantastic musician going back to his regular slot at Friday night. And uh, anyway, it's just good to see everybody out there. And this weekend actually brought a, Brought a tear to my eye and, and, and I filled up with goosebumps, uh, especially during the Blue Rodeo show when, uh, you know, they, they they often save Lost Together, which is one of their best songs till toward the end. And, you know, they let the crowd sing it and, and it just to see thousands of people uh, singing in unison and happy that I, it, it just gave me confidence in the human spirit and, and uh I understand everything that happened. No one knew how to deal with this pandemic, but slowly but surely, um, you know, we're, we're coming out of it. And I know there's a lot of nuances involved with what I just said. And, and, you know, everything's not black and white, but all I know is that we had a George Street Festival. We couldn't do it a year ago. Uh, most people I know have, are vaccined. If you're not, hey, man, more power to you. It's your own decision. I am confident with my decision, Okay. Um, and, uh, I recommend it, but there, again, who am I? I'm a hockey player slash author with a podcast. Uh, I just hope that we can get beyond the hate, you know, the, the, uh, people that wear the mask versus people that don't, you know, whatever it might be here, guys, we're coming out of it. I'm confident the decision I made, but I don't hate you if you're not vaccinated, uh, do what, what, uh, you feel confident in do all I say is do the research and try to make sure you, you you're following the right research and uh, not reading propaganda from some bullshit source that uh, just wants to stir the pot, make an educated decision. I did, but you don't have to do what I, uh, what I do. Right. Um, I'm no doctor, although I'd recommend following what they want to do, I guess. Uh, but again, I'm no doctor, more power to you. Do whatever you need, do whatever fills your boots. Um, and see you next week. Thanks a lot for tuning in. This has been episode 67. Thanks to Pete Vandermeer and, uh, check out Wedgwood cafe. If you can great catering, great restaurant, Penny Posh, women's wear, women's wear reimagined. If you're downtown, check out TJ's check out green sleeves, downtown, uptown, check out Trinity pub. Thanks folks. It's been awesome. See you next week. <laughs>